Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and yes, you have found it. You have found Outside the Sheds. Welcome, 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 shedheads. New shedheads, old shedheads, all shedheads. We're here, and it's time. Now, if you hear sound effects go on during this podcast this week, don't be worried for your shed Adamus. Don't be worried for your, your host. That is just Madge McGuire and the West Tigers administration uh, talking about everyone's future. No, in all seriousness, uh, there's a thunderstorm that is getting ready to hit my town that I reside in. And matter of fact, there's a tornado probably about 75 miles south of me. So it could be an exciting podcast. It could be a very, very exciting. Well, it's already going to be exciting, right, Shedheads? But I'm just saying it could be a podcast to remember. Where were you when Shed Adamas went over the rainbow? That could be the episode that we're talking about. That being said, I hope and I pray that every single one of you were able to take in the Anzac round that I really pushed for you to watch, to take in the celebrations. Now, I want to apologize to everybody who is in America that does not subscribe to any of the possible channels or avenues for you to be able to watch uh, Rugby League or the NRL. And I know watching Super League, you don't get the same thing because they do not do the Anzac Day round that because they're not Anzacs. So you didn't get to see any type of pageantry watching any of the uh, Super League games. But for whatever reason, the only game that you got to see and feel any of that full festivity was the, they call it the, the night, they call it the Anzac in black celebration, which is always because it's the last game of the Anzac day around. It is the Storm and the, and the Warriors in Melbourne. And they turn the lights off, and it's it's a very very powerful um, celebration, uh, and I think it's one of the ones that's really rocketing up, being one of the best. Uh, I think if you watch the entire week's festivities and, and and all of the rounds, definitely the Roosters and the Dragons is the pinnacle. But I will tell you that that night celebration uh, in Melbourne, they do it straight up. It's a beautiful beautiful thing, and. Watching the players in the dark kind of take in the the the, me, the feeling and the emotions that are in the stadiums. Um, it's uh, it, it's like I said, I, I told you this last week. It's my favorite round of competition, and it just has meaning. Uh, and I think that if you've ever had a, a parent or a family member that ever were in the military or in the military yourself, uh, most. People had somebody they loved who didn't come back, or they know somebody who didn't come back. So it's a very, very meaningful round. Hope you got to take it in. Uh, again, p- apologize that Fox Sports 2 decides to not show barely any of it, but um, if you did get to see it, I hope you really, really enjoyed it. Now, getting into that and talking about Anzac Day and Anzac Round. Okay, we'll be honest. We had some people rise up, and we're not talking about a religious congregation. We had a couple teams this round that decided to be NRL clubs. And what I mean by being NRL clubs, they decided to wreck your Shedadamas' picks. Now, again, you know what your Shedadamas says do. He's going to break even at least. So you shouldn't lose all of your money. You just might lose some, you know, some next week's gambling money. But I will tell you, we, we broke even. Uh, thank you, Bulldogs, for waking up. But that's, we'll get into that. But the Anzac Day round started with the Knights and the Panthers. And I don't think any of us were expecting anything less than what we saw. We saw a Penrith club do what the Penrith club does right now under this administration because for as much as as Ivan Cleary may have wrecked 
the Tigers with horrible purchases before he left by van in the middle of the night. He has done the total opposite with the Penny Panthers. And maybe this is why Ivan snuck out in the middle of the night and went to that club. Because they are built for the future. They're built with a lot of young talent. And they have a they have a moxie about them, Shedheads. And I think we all understand that. Uh, some people have been over them the la- on them the last few weeks about their celebrations and, and, and so on and so forth after they score tries. I'm one of those people that will say this always. If somebody celebrates on you, you didn't do your job, did you? Because they got to celebrate on you. They scored. They scored a goal. They scored a try. They scored a touchdown. They hit a home run, whatever. But you didn't do your job, so they, how should I say, triumphed over you. So guess what that means? Look at the scoreboard and take a shot of humble aid and be quiet. That's that's my feeling about it because you had a chance to stop them. So I have no problems. I do have problems with them maybe pulling guys in or or going in and grabbing, putting their arms around guys that are trying to sub in, pushing trainers, that type of stuff. That's not needed. But them getting in your face and letting them know how good they are to you, no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. But again, the Panthers continue to stay on course for getting back to the grand final, 24-6 over a Knights club that... Whew, I'm telling you, this could be a long, long season for Newcastle. And it's really sad because I've talked to you over and over again, Shedheads, about how good of fans are up in the Hunter and and how they show up week in and week out. And they've not sometimes had the best product on the field to celebrate and to put their full backing behind. But those fans in Newcastle do it. They stand there with them, and they come there, and, and um, well, they haven't had to boo their team off the field yet, uh, but that being said, it could be a long season still, and it could get even longer because, you know, we're going to go over who they're playing this weekend. Next, we had, I'm going to say it, I'm you know, as I look at this, it had to be the game of the round again, two weeks in a row, David Lindsay's. South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yes, you heard me say that. David Lindsay, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Not Russell Crowe's South Sydney Rabbitohs. No, but turn back the clock and come back and shove a a David Fafita three-try first half back the opposite direction and Benji Marshall, the gazelle, just turns back the clock. That's all you can really say. Because the Rabbitohs come back and beat the Titans 40-30. to And really, I, I don't know what to say, but they looked like they were really in trouble in the first half. And as you can see, I, I'm, I'm almost positive. Yes, yes, I did. Your Shedded Damas was feeling quite good in the first half since he picked the Titans last week. But, hey, I'm never ever going to be upset when I get to see Benji Marshall at his finest. And even though he, and, and, and it wasn't even that bad because he wasn't wearing the green and red, so I could handle it. They were wearing a, a blue jersey. But that being said, boy, did they play well. They played very, very well. And, and, and you know, Benji's, again, you know, I don't think Benji will go down in the annals of... I don't know, Australian Rugby League as being an immortal. But for the the way that he changed the game, the way that players play the game, the way that young guys come up doing their steps and their moves, and, you know, Benji Marshall may not be on that rock for immortal to some, but to me, he's as immortal as any of those guys up there because he changed the way the game is played. And a lot of those immortals that are sitting up there on that rock that they they talk about being a mortal rock, probably couldn't put together a performance like Benji did this last weekend at the age that he is right now. Think about that for a second. So, the Bunnies keep hopping their way towards a top four finish by beating the Titans 40-30. to 30. We're not going to spend much time on this next game, but poor Kevy Walters and the Broncos. Kevy doesn't have tons of hair on his head. It's a good, it's a good haircut. It's a good style job, but he doesn't have a lot of lettuce up there. 
this season may cost him all of his lettuce if he doesn't get it together. Uh, and the Eels, the Eels were kind of like a piranha when they smelled blood. They just kept biting and biting and biting and biting until there was just bone left in the in the river. 46 to 6, and it might not have even been that close. The Eels, the Eels are just they're one of those teams that I think if they if they're firing on all cylinders, they can beat anybody. And they have some key components on that team that are playing for contracts and playing for big incentive contracts this next season. Hint, 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 Mitchell Moses. And I think Mitchell Moses is that type of a player that's going to continue to lift his game to show what he's got. And that's what's going to happen. And so we'll see. We'll see if 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 he actually, you know, uh, stays in Parramatta. But I'll tell you this. The team that he just got done beating down with the performance that him and Micah and, and Clint Gutherson did uh, that could be an audition because there's big rumbles that the Brisbane Broncos might be trying to back up that Brinks truck to try to get Mitchell Moses to go a little bit north, if you know what I mean. But 46-6, Eels over the Broncos. Then another gut-wrenching punch uh, when your Shed Adamas thought that it was going to be nice. You know, the Cronulla Sharks were doing videos on their Instagram page with Slim Shady. Guess who's back? Because Sean Johnson was coming back into the sheds with his sunglass dip, looking down at the camera. Uh, Sean being Sean. Uh, That was fun. Uh, I enjoyed that. Thank you, everybody. Uh, But results are what we're looking for. And guess what? Bad news, Barrett. And those dogs beat the Sharkies 18 to 12. You see the pause right there? The silence? I, I did not see that happen. I felt like I felt like I took a Paul Gallon shot as a heavyweight champion that was favored to win. If that makes any sense. It'll make sense to a lot of you. But wow. Cronulla, and I said this, Shedheads, I said this where I was worried. Cronulla was either going to circle the wagons after after they got rid of Coach Morris, or they were going to plummet. The reason I didn't know if they were going to plummet was because there's a lot of guys on that Cronulla team that are looking for contracts for next season. And a lot of them know that they probably will not be back in Cronulla again, because of new coaching staff with Fitzgibbon coming in. But I thought for sure that these guys were going to step up. Even though now, even though now, um, you know, you have Chad Townsend, you know, pulling his anchor up and saying that he's going to North Queensland next year to play for, pay for, excuse me, play for Todd Payton. You just wonder now what the Sharks are going to do and how the rest of this shark season is going to go because they've got a big game this week down in Melbourne playing the storm and you know bellyache is going to have the storm ready to go Jerome Hughes the game is slowing down for him he's looking dangerous looking tough with his headgear looking great but the sharks could could really start to find themselves plummeting if they really don't get it together. I know Wade Graham's back this week. But they've got to win games like this. Losing the dogs like this or those those losses that le- later in the season come around 24, 25, 26. Late rounds when teams go, man, we let points get away right there. And those are those two points that could keep you in 9th, 10th, and 11th spot instead of getting you up in 6th, 7th, or 8th spot to make it into the playoffs. So make sure we we might have to put a timestamp on this one to take a look later on. Does this loss really come back and haunt the Sharkies uh, later on down the track? Then I would say the second the the only the second best game of the round the the, the Cows and the Raiders. And I picked the Cowboys. That's right, you shed Adamas. He did pick an, a, a big upset there. And 
I told you that I like Todd Payton as a coach because once guys start buying in and once guys start believing, he gets momentum. And they become like that train on that track where just just picking up steam. He's got his future starting to get into place now that he's got, you know, Chad Townsend coming there. So he's going to have that halfback that he really, really wants. But the Cowboys are playing with heart. They're playing with fire. Uh, Val Holmes is finally looking like he's starting to really, we talked about getting rid of that Jets in your blood, that Jets green dye on your skin for playing for the New York Jets. It looks like he's finally got enough of, you know, whatever he's using, turpentine, to get that green stain off. Because Val Holmes is starting to look like the Val Holmes before he left for his NFL experience. And I only think, and I believe this, because you got Scott Drinkwater and Ben Hampton and the Habs who are playing to try to keep a role with this team. And there's nothing that makes a team stronger than competition and guys playing for positions. And that's why I think the Cows are in a really, really good shape. They're a really, really good spot. And they showed it because, let's be honest, they're not playing the best footy right now. But to beat a a, a Ricky Stewart Raiders club and the way they came from behind to do it shows you, I think, what this team can be. So they're going to have a chance to to, to show what their medal is, to show what they really are. But that was a huge victory for those guys. That was a huge victory for the North Queensland Cowboys. And that 26-24 victory over the Raiders could really springboard them to trying to get that push going back up into the top eight. Well, we're not going to go into a lot of detail about this match right now. Let's just go over and say it right now. Turbo's back, back again. And it looks like he's back here to stay. Because Tommy Travojevic does it again. The Sea Eagles embarrass the Tigers 40-6. to And let's put this in perspective really quick. The Tigers were up at 6 six to nothing to start that match. Whew. Whew. Letting in 40 in a row, that's not something that's going to go over well. And with some of the rumblings coming out of Campbelltown and Concord, uh, there might be reasons for some rumblings. So the Seagulls and Dedsy's boys, 40 to Magic 6. Then you had the afternoon game, the game that a lot of people say is quote unquote. Anzac Day match. The match. The Roosters and the Dragons. A lot of people were expecting fireworks, a really tough match, five against six on the board. And I got to tell you, the Dragons, I'm worried about. Because for as strong as they were for a few weeks there, they're starting to show that Dragons side. Uh oh. Uh oh that which Dragons team is the real Dragons team? Because the Roosters, 34, Dragons, 10. It just, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good enough. You know, they, they put, they put uh, Jack Bird in the halves, thinking that maybe he, they, he, they would get some running out of, out of, out of Jack. It just, it just didn't work. Nothing really worked. Even with Teddy getting knocked out with a high tackle. And again, we're going to talk about some of the high tackles in a little bit. But even with Teddy off the field, the Roosters looked in control. The Roosters didn't look like they had much to worry about. The Roosters looked like they were handling business. And they did handle business. But you really worry. I know that Ben Hunt's going to be back this week. So we'll see how how much of a change getting him back in the halves with Corey Norman's going to be. But if it doesn't go well this week, oh, wait a second. I just looked at the calendar. Dragons fans, you guys are playing the Tigers. You should be good. What a better what a better team for you guys to re-kickstart your, your pilgrimage staying in the top eight. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm not going to, I'm wasting my time right now talking about this. No, that being said, in all seriousness, um, they're going to have to prove something because the Tigers will show up this week because I think they know if they lose to the Dragons, Madge is really in trouble. So 
I think you're going to get... Now, if the Tigers just roll over, that team wants Madge gone. That's all I have to say about that. They want him gone. So we're going to find out a lot about both of these clubs this coming weekend. But the one thing we definitely know, the Roosters are continuing to be the Roosters. And, you know, that's all you can really say. When a club is playing as well as they are, even with the injuries they have, even having some of the people retire that had to retire uh, because of injuries, it just shows you how important it is to have that type of chemistry, to have that type of backing. Uh, And like I said, there's big rumblings. You know, Sam Walker is off contract after this season. Sam Walker's going nowhere, Chucky's fans. Shedhead, Sam Walker's going nowhere. He's going, he's he's so certain to be with the Roosters next year. There's big talk behind the scenes that the Roosters are looking at tabling a five-year deal for Sam Walker to stay with the Chooks. And the Chooks usually will only give you a two- or three-year deal. That's how certain this kid is the future and who they want to pin their face of the franchise on. And as an 18-year-old, they could have another 12 years with this kid before he's even 30. So I'm just saying you got to feel good as a Roosters fan. And he's even, you know, I don't know if you guys have paid attention, Shedheads, He's even got a shoulder injury where, where if you look at his shoulder, he holds it a little bit lower and he's got a little pad in there under underneath his jersey. So we're actually watching a banged up Sam Walker now too. And I know, I know we've talked about this. None of these guys are healthy after round one. But, you know, Sam Walker is not the biggest guy right now. A lot of people would even say that, that, he, they remind, that Sam Walker reminds them a lot of what Benji Marshall looked like his first two seasons in the competition. Little guy. Now, he doesn't have the speed and the steps and the moves as, as Benji, but he's got moves and he can get the job done. Uh, so, incredible victory. The pageantry was, man, it was, it was a beautiful ceremony. It was a beautiful ceremony. And the last post play during that match, um, you know, if you don't get chills from that, you might, again, do what I, my favorite thing to say. Put that piece, that mirror underneath your nose to see if it fogs up still. And then the round, the match to end the round, the Melbourne Storm against the Warriors. And some big things came out of the, from the Warriors camp to start this match where RTS, Roger Tuivasa Shaq, stood down and, and removed himself from the fullback role to let their boom prop, their, their young gun that they got from the Brisbane Broncos, Reese Walsh, start in the fullback position. Now, I'm going to say this. If they really have feelings and aspirations to quote-unquote, as we would say, make the top eight, the Warriors, I think RTS has to be your fullback. And right now, what they're banking on is they're hoping to get Reese in at fullback and let RTS coach him up and train him and put RTS, it looked like, in the centers for a while, but now there's real talk that RTS could go and move into the halves, which I don't know how that's going to work, but that is how high Nathan Brown and the Warriors are on Walsh. I and, and I'm going to say something. After watching the match, I don't know what was more impressive, that Reese Walsh is 18 years old and getting his start, or that Reese Walsh is 18 years old and was holding his four-month-old baby in his arms doing an interview after the match when he looks like he's 14 years old. It was stunning. I, I, I was... I had to actually rewind it to, to make sure I heard that he was holding his baby. But he was. And so that's a lot of weight on that kid. But he showed some 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 patches of brilliance against a very, very tough Storm team. So tough that even though we started off talking about the Warriors, 
This was all the Storm's match. It was 42-20 to 20 for a final, and it wasn't that close. Meaning, the Storm let in a few tries late. The, the Warriors, you know, really pushed the, pushed the pace late to kind of get some tries and to, to I don't want to say save face, but to just show that they were in the fight. Um, the Storm, man, man, they're a team. Man, they're a team. I tell you, Craig Bellamy, Craig Bellamy to me, um, it's between to me Bellamy and, and, and Robbo, coach of, you know, Trent Robinson from the Roosters are might to me the two best coaches in the competition. But, man, he just, he he's lost three guys that are probably going to be immortals and they still don't die. And, and week in and week out, they've got probably to me a better chance of winning any match they're in than to lose it. And they showed it again. I'm like, Pappenhausen wasn't even in the match. Wasn't even playing. Isn't going to play for another two or three weeks. And they still do what they do. They still do what they do. Now, it could be Cam Munster's mustache. As some, as some hockey players grow out the playoff beard, for some reason... Cameron Munster, Munster grows out the, the regular season caterpillar. I don't know. He does look like a police officer that might hit you with a baton. But he's a hell of a player. Love watching Cameron Munster. Love watching him play. And I guess if you got that type of game, you grow the mustache that you want. And he has. Again. But the Storm... Again, do what Storm, this Melbourne Storm does, and they win again, 42-20 to 20 over the Warriors to close out Anzac round. Now, as you heard me say the scores, as you heard me go over the recap this last week, one thing that I really want to, I don't know if you noticed it, but I want to go back and talk about it. Three out of the eight matches were competitive, really. This weekend. Dogs and Sharks. Raiders and Cowboys. Rabbitohs Titans. Besides that, most of the matches were blowouts. They were blowouts. And I'm wondering, with a lot of the, the wrestling and the tackles and the ruck and, and slowing down the pace of the game, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the, the the rule the new rules implemented by the NRL for a faster paced game. I'm wondering is this fast paced game that we are now watching and taking in together, if it's done one thing for sure, and that's to really separate the cream from everyone else. Because if if I ask you right now, if we talk about the top four clubs, uh, let's just go over them: Panthers, Raiders. Eels, Roosters, okay? Top four. And that's not even talking about a Raiders club that we think that is right right there. Um, Top four. Do any of us really believe that any of these other clubs in the competition really would push any of those teams in the top four as long as they stay healthy and continue to get better week in and week out? I don't think so. You know, call me not positive. Call call me whatever you want to call me. I do not think, personally, I think that the, 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 the league has done something that most leagues don't want to have happen, and that's to be a, giga- a huge, huge, huge separation from the pack. And I think we're seeing that. I, I think we're seeing that there's already some clubs right now that could shut down their season and just start the 2022 season tomorrow. And that's sad to say. That's so, so sad to say. But some of these clubs, you know, the Dogs, the Broncos, the Tigers, these clubs are not going to, they're not going to get into the finals already. And we're eight weeks in this. There's still quite a bit of footy left. 
And those teams can already say our season is over with. So a lot of this to me comes down to, again, a lot of the rules. I think that the NRL really does not know to an extent how they want to do it. You know, they want to keep the players safe, but they don't know when to throw players out, when to send bin players, when to eject players. They don't know if they should find players. They don't, you know, there's just a lot of, as they do these changes, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of not really sure how we should go forward and keep, you know, the, the rules and the regulations of what we do in certain positions. I do love a fast game, but I like a fast physical game. And there is a tackle that the Warriors put on Jennings this week in this as Jennings as Jennings took a kick they said it was a high contact hit and it wasn't it was it was it was a head clash and they gave the guy 10 minutes in the bin for a head clash and the only reason he was fine is cuz he had a soft helmet on so i don't want this this league this game to get to the point where we're going to take the physicality out of it there's a reason that fans love rugby league. They love, you know, and I'm, listen, as I say I love the physicality of the game, I don't want to see guys injured from head injuries. But we also have to remember we are playing rugby league. It's it's a physical, 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 physical game. No helmets, no pads. But every single guy that's playing on the field right now and playing rugby league knows what they signed up for. They've been playing that way for years. So I don't know. I, I, I'm just really concerned right now that I don't want to see these gigantic score lines that we got to see this, this last week. And, and, and you can see more weeks, we've had more higher scores like this with separation than we've had some of these really good, close clashes that make you just hold your breath with every possession of the ball. So I hope the NRL really pays attention to this. I hope they really look about alienating the people that really got them in the position where they're at today. Well, speaking about turning back clocks, I told you a little bit before about Benji Marshall, but... I was so blown away watching Benji Marshall skip, you know, his his no-look pass. I just, it brought such joy to me seeing him happy and excited playing the game of footy. Because, don't forget, this is the same player that Madge dropped last week when he was leading the Daily M points. But Benji Marshall played an entire game. Again, I guess it shows you why Wayne, why Wayne Bennett is a genius. Because right now, Benji Marshall is the buy, the buy of, of the season for what he's been able to do for his club and what he's been able to bring in. Not even close. So, awesome to see. I was just, I was just so so, so excited to watch that happen. I was so excited to watch that happen. And I know the type of joy that Benji was showing. Um, and again, that was that was the joy of a guy who was a week away from retiring, who was not wanted by a club that he loves. That was the emotions that came out. And to me, that's what makes the game so beautiful. Seeing grown men closer to 40 than 30 have that type of excitement from being able to play the game. And that's why we should all love the game, seeing that. Now, I was going to say, I told you guys as we went over the recap that I was going to talk to you a little bit about that Tigers debacle a little bit. And, and we talked last week a little bit about the fact that I don't think Jackson Hastings is coming over there to do the 13. I think he's coming over to be in the halves. And I think if... Jackson Hastings continues to stand 
or sit on the sidelines like he is right now playing over in the Super League. For Wigan, I think the one thing he's going to notice if the Tigers keep, how should I say, taking in water the, the way they are and, and continue to sink, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem for him to move in and walk right into that seven jersey for next season. Now, the only question is, uh, who's the coach there? I think that's the only question that's really out in, in there for debate. But Madge McGuire has won 19 of 51 games with the Tigers. He's won 19 of 51 games. Now, I know that he allegedly came there for a rebuild. He came there to put in his stamp. The Tigers are in an offensive juggernaut. They love to throw the ball around. They love to take it to you. They love offense. Madge comes in and says, I'm a defensive club. I'm going to give you defensive structure. We're going to play the game this way. We're going to attack. We're going to wrap up, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. If you tell a, if you tell a, if you tell a zebra that he doesn't have stripes, you're lying to him because he's still a zebra. And that's to me what the Tigers are. The Tigers are a striped, fun, throw the ball around the field, excitement train. And they haven't looked that way fully since Tim Sheens was there. They've now will if 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 they sack Madge, this will be their fifth sack coach in nine years. I don't know how you're supposed to build cohesion there. I don't know how you're supposed to quote unquote continue to progress. Because you can't. And after a while, after you, what you start having to look at is the wrong people being fired. Because if you look at the list, and I went over the list again, and I'm not doing it again, of all the players the Tigers have lost. Have lost. And what those players have gone on to become since they've lost them. I wouldn't do that to Tigers fans. I'm not going to make you guys get sick. But an all-star team is what an all-star team is, and that's what that team would be if, if the Tigers had all of those key components they lost. So, this is a big weekend because I think if the Dragons beat the Tigers, I think the writing's on the wall The Madge is gone within two weeks. But that's how big this match is this week. The Tigers are playing for their coach's life and for some of their contracts and, and, and playing future's lives. Now, recap being done, let's go over the 40-20. Let's go over some of the big stories that, that have transpired that have, how should I say, dropped some bombshells over the NRL this last few days. Uh, the first one, I kind of hinted about this. The first domino fell last week. The second domino has finally fallen. Tom Dearden is now leaving the Broncos and is going to join Chad Townsend in the halves for the 2022 season for the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, when I say that, I'm also going, well, that's nice. It's good to see that they have that young have that they're kind of talking about making that change for the future. But then it makes you go, well, what about Scott Drinkwater and Ben Hampton? Who, well, you know, these guys still have another, what, 18 weeks? 12, 14, 14, 18 weeks? To prove that they have every right to be there too. So, I don't know what to say. I know that Todd Payton's excited to have, quote-unquote, his halves problem taken care of. But Tom Dearden hasn't been playing the greatest football over the last two years. And I know some of it's because of the debacle that was the Broncos last year. But I I don't know. I, I don't know. I Chad Townsend for sure. Thumbs up. Chad Townsend's going to be fine. But the question is, who really is 
the future other half pairing there. And I guess competition's what coaches want, so we're going to get some competition. But Tom Dearden is now signed with the North Queensland Cowboys starting in 2022. The other big story, and we've got a couple other big stories, Craig Bellamy. Everyone was talking that Bellyache was either going to the Broncos or to the Sharks for next season, for 2022. And that is not the case, Shedheads. Craig Bellamy is staying, staying in Melbourne, and he's not, this was supposed to be his final year coaching the Storm. Well, he's already now said that he's going to coach the Storm next season. So yes, we get to see more chairs destroyed in the box. Yes, we get to see Craig Bellamy, how should I say this, use the full alphabet of cursing. But Bellyache is going to be back for 2022. And they're saying they're negotiating and finding out, how should I say, the role going forward where they want to keep him with the club. And I think that is a coup. I think a lot of people thought that was just a a foregone conclusion that he was going to be joining Kevy up in Brisbane next year. So, I hate to say this, Broncos fan, is the stench so bad in Brisbane that even Bellyache's like, I'm not going anywhere close to that. No way. Because that's not what's going to happen. The Storm got their man, and they got him to coach not just this season, but one more season after that. So... Congratulations, I think, for everybody. Even if you're not a huge Melbourne Storm fan, having Craig Bellamy in the box, coaching in the NRL, to me, is everything. Because you get to see one of the greats of all time, how should I say, put his stamp on it and continue to bring out the best of his club. Now, this is the bombshell. And I know the the Bellamy uh, situation is huge. But this still stays in the Shire because Adam Reynolds has been tabled a three-year, $2.4 million offer from the Sharks to leave Redfern. Now, the sad thing about this is if we know if Wayne Bennett was staying with the Rabbitohs next season, there's no way that he's not, if he doesn't have, this contract would be done already. This contract would be done. Adam Reynolds would be going nowhere. But for whatever reason, the coach they brought in does not have the same type of punch and panache to make them do what they don't want to do. And so the Bunnies have played hardball. And now the question, this is it. This is this is all of it right here, Shedheads. Adam Reynolds is a junior. His club that he's loved since he's a boy has been the Rabbitohs, can he see himself pulling a jersey over his head of the teal, white, and black? That is that is it. Because the money's there for him. He's got his three-year deal that he's looking for. But can he really see himself not being a bunny? Let alone having to line up against the team that he loves. He's got a young family. We know, listening to some of these guys talk, that their futures are so, so important. But this is going to be, it was almost a foregone conclusion when it first dropped, where they were saying, you know, he's taken it, he's gone. But that's not the case. And that's not the case because you've got a guy who loves his team. And he's loved them since he was a boy. And... For me, seeing that money, if I am the Rabbitohs, now I know where my negotiation piece is at. I bet you it's 2.4 for three. I bet you if they went, you know, even if they went down as low as 2.0, 2 million for the same amount of time span, I think he stays for sure. So the Rabbitohs have to be careful because if they don't handle this properly, and he leaves, there are going to be quite a few season ticket holders and members who will leave the Rabbitohs for not showing faith in their guy. And that's going to be the case. 
that will be the case. I guarantee you more than anything that your Shedidamus has said, I guarantee you that's the case. So, how do I say this? Put that ear to the ground. Be listening for those seismic tremors, those little ripples of tsunami water that could be coming. Because in the next few days, he's either going to sign this deal and become a shark for next season, or he's going to find a way that the Rabbitohs are going to juggle it and they're going to keep their favorite son at Redfern. And then our last story for our 40-20 is a story that probably will make all of us feel good. And that is Greg Inglace, G.I., is starting this Saturday for the Warrington Wolves in the Super League. That's right. I said it. The guana, the guana will be done over in the old country. The Redcoats. Warrington. The Wire are going to have GI running out on the field. Exciting times. Exciting times. And I know that this is a few weeks after when they were hoping that he was going to be out there. But they wanted a healthy and ready GI. And it looks like they've got him. And it looks like he's starting this week. This Saturday. So check out your tellies. Check out your... I don't know for sure what channel that's going to be on. If that's one of the Sky League games that we're going to get over here in the States. Or or wherever you're at. Um, but the only thing I will tell you is GI will be on your TV this weekend. Now, let's go to something. I know I let you down, Shedheads. I, you probably want to attack me for as much as you want to attack any hero. But the guns are back. And you know, there's no way, no way, as the great Buford T. Justice would say, that my number one gun could be anybody but the gazelle, Benji Marshall. Two tries, 112 running meters, one line break, three line break assists, one tackle break, nine tackles, and 90 kicking meters. For the old man, or as they call him, old man magic. Because Benji, well, I, I don't know if I can do, uh, okay, all right, I'll do it. Benji's back, back again. That's right. Tommy Turbo, I just took your song. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second, I didn't take your song because Tommy Turbo is my number two star. It's right back to him. I'm going to have to give him his song right back because Tommy Turbo's back again. And that's two weeks in a row. He's one of the guns in the dismantling of Benji's old team. One try, 210 running meters, two line breaks, one line break assist, two try assists, five tackle breaks, and... Four, five tackles made. Turbo. 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 So, Travojevic is two. And then, for my brother Dom Gonzalez, my number three, Mike Acevo. Now, what I would like to help Mike Acevo out is for me to just send a good barber to Micah. Just get him a little style job. Because he's starting to look week in and week out a little bit more and more like the heat miser from the year without Santa Claus. Micah Sebo might be the heat miser. Micah, you know I love the heat miser, so I'm not, pick, I'm not picking on you whatsoever. I'm not picking on you. Not doing it. But three tries, 217 running meters, five line breaks, 10 tackle breaks, Three tackles made and 42 kicking meters. That's right. Micah Sebo put on his kicking boots too this week. So, wow. What what these three guns, and you know, and 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 Hollywood was right there too. Hollywood Walker, Sam, you know, Jerome Hughes. It was a great week for guns. But those are the three that we're going with, and that's what I'm doing. That's what you're. I have to make the tough decision. I have to make the tough decision because I have to hold all of us accountable. That's what I do. That's why you pay me the such incredible salary that I make. Wait a second. What? 
Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no salary. Um, but me saying that, I have to go back now because you thought I was going to do it. I did a little rope-a-dope right there. That's right. I did a little Kamaru Usman. Look at that. Ah, came out of the pocket. Pow! Knockout punch. That's right. You think, Shedheads, I'm not going to give you my picks for the week? How dare you? How dare you? Round eight. Round eight. We've played eight rounds already, Shedheads. Eight rounds. Eight rounds. I don't know. Time is just flying by. Time is flying by. Well, we kick it off Thursday night. The Gazelle tonight. 4.50 a.m. So I'd start drinking your monsters right now if you're planning on staying up for Watch It Live. Big match. Big, big match. It's such a big match. I actually put down Rabbitohs versus the Bunnies. Well, I think we know that's not the case. Checking the radar. Yes. Yes. Raiders and Bunnies. Raiders and Bunnies. And guess what? That's right, David. I'm going with your South Sydney Rabbitohs to win over Sticky's boys. And again, to cause Sticky to, I don't want to say have hair loss, but to probably make him not the most friendly guy for you to run into on the streets. Then on Friday, we got the Sharks at the Storm. I told you earlier, this is a big match. Big match, because I think if the Sharks get blown out this week, it's going to be a long remainder of the season for them. But that being said, as I usually do say, storm all day over the Sharks. Then we have the Battle of Queensland, Titans and Broncos. I've got the Titans. Saturday, Sea Eagles at the Panthers. I got the Sea Eagles, Desi's boys. I got Desi's boys, four in a row. Then we've got the Eels at the Bulldogs. I'm going to take the Eels. Followed by on Saturday, Roosters at the Knights. Come on, are you kidding? Hollywood Walker. The Morris boys. Roosters. Chookies. Then we have the, this is the game, you know, I've even seen Todd Payton interviewed. Todd Payton's going up against his old club. Where's the Cowboys at, against the Warriors. And I think this is going to be a fun match. I think this is going to be one of the most fun matches of the round, personally. But I've got the Cowboys coming out. i got Todd Payton's boys winning another one over RTS and the Warriors. And then to finish it off, Sunday... Tigers at the Dragons, Ben Hunt's back, the Tigers being Sybil again, not knowing what they're doing, how to tackle, who they want to be, Dragons, 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 Dragons. So there are your picks. Bunnies, Storm, Titans, Sea Eagles, Eels, Roosters, Cowboys, Dragons. Let's see how we do it. Let's see how we do it. Feeling really comfortable. Really fe feeling really comfortable this week. Let me say that again. Feeling really comfortable. Feeling really comfortable. Now, now that we know that I'm comfortable, let's go to outside the bubble. You know, I, I, I hate to say that I predict things. I hate to say that I told you this was going to happen. But I think if you want to go back and look at those tapes... Those damn tapes, as Richard Milwa's House Nixon would say. That's right, Tricky Dick Nixon just got his first appearance on Outside the Sheds. But your Shed Adamas said that the San Diego Padres, the Fighting Friars, were the fun team of Major League Baseball. And I know a lot of you are going to say, I put fun and Major League Baseball in the same sentence together and how dare me? Well, how dare you? Because we are talking about the Padres. 
And the Padres this week got to play their big brother. And big brother and little brother don't like each other much. Padres, Dodgers, in L.A. And little brother? Little brother took three of four. Little brother took three of four. And Fernando Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm pausing for effect. Five home runs in four games. Five bombs in four games. And maybe some of the best celebration I've ever seen going around the bases in my years on this planet watching the game of baseball. The swag that this young man has is intoxicating. I really don't know how he runs with that much ankle, how should I say, tightness, because those pants are so tight around the ankle. I think the the, the lady, the the local muni in her yoga pants pants around her ankles aren't that tight. But guess what? That doesn't stop El Nino. Oh, no, 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 no. Four. He hit... Out of, the, out of those four games, he had two games where he hit two bombs. I will tell you this. These two teams play 19 times this season. It's must-watch TV. It is must-watch TV. A lot of people always say Yankees and Red Sox can't stand either one of them. But a lot of people always say Yankees, Red Sox. Yankees, Red Sox are horrible this year. The Yankees are in last place, but I guarantee you, what's not horrible? Padres, Dodgers. And we got 12 games left of that series. So, I think they play again in June. So start looking at your calendar, find a way to watch that. It's going to be fun. Now, I'm going to finish outside the bubble... Because the big thing that everyone's talking about right now, especially over here in America, is tomorrow is the NFL draft. And why I love it that it's tomorrow is because I don't have to hear about some other guy trying to tell me and predicting who's going to be the number one pick. This is why this team is going to trade. You know what this guy looks like without his shirt on? Have you seen how fast that guy comes out of blocks? Get enough. Make your picks. And it's tomorrow. Now, with that being said, the Denver Broncos were one of those teams that had been kind of hinting, uh, sending out, you know, dropping a little bit of hints there, a little bit of hints there, kind of thinking that they might be looking at another quarterback. Well, today, just a few hours ago, the Broncos just got done trading the Carolina Panthers for Teddy Bridgewater. And so a lot of people don't know, does this mean now the Broncos are not looking for another quarterback? Or is Drew Locke possibly on a trading block, which would allow the Broncos to draft if any of these quarterbacks are still available? I think no matter what, even if it's not any of these big quarterbacks that we're talking about, I think for sure the Broncos still draft a quarterback. For sure they do. The question is if it's one of the big guns or if they go out and get some of the other quarterbacks that are going to be available. Um, And there are quite a few good quarterbacks that are available that aren't just these top five guys that are out there. And I think we're about ready to really find out this could be a very, 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 very special draft for the position. Very, very special draft for the the position. Um, In the next five to ten years, we'll be talking about that. But um, get excited. I think the draft starts uh, 7 o'clock Central Time. And, you know, it is really cool to see Young men know that their lives are changed forever because of signing the dotted line. So take that in. Pay attention to that a little bit. Watch the match tonight. But with that all out of the way, Shedheads, your Shed Adamus is going to say goodnight to you tonight so he can go eat, which is very exciting in the Shed Adamus' future. But I'm going to tell you, it has been a pleasure again, Shedheads, Thank you for tuning in. 
Like I tell you, week in and week out, unless it's Anzac Day round, stay out of trouble, don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I am Corey Jackson. Until next week, see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.